Hey guys, welcome back to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly at work in both the big and small messes of our lives. I'm Jen Jewell, the host of this Conversation Style podcast, which airs a brand new episode every other Tuesday. We're partnered with my church, Life Church, and our sister's ministry, and we're also huge fans of the free YouVersion Bible app, God's Word in our pockets wherever we go, which I happen to think is the next best thing since the Gutenberg printing press. But guys, that's not all. We are absolutely so honored to lock arms with you, no matter where you are in the world, no matter how bad or boring or beautiful you feel that your own story is, I promise it's actually worth sharing. I was just reading Isaiah 43 this morning and verse three caught my eye. It says, bring all who claim me as their God for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring all who claim me as their God. That means for those of us who believe this story to be true, who claim him as our God, we are on the same team. And so honestly, that's why we gather. That's the foundation beneath any kind of truth we're claiming here at the messy table. And even if you're not quite sure what you believe, if you're still kicking the tires on this whole God thing, but you're curious about what this fuss is all about, you are definitely welcome here too. One of my favorite things about reading books or hearing other stories through podcasts is that it broadens my own extremely limited perspective. It opens my heart and mind to deep eternal truths and gives me a glimpse into a much bigger scope of how God's working all throughout the planet. And y'all, today we get to hear one of those unique stories, a story that we might not know otherwise. My good friend Kat Robinson from way back on episode number two is here co-hosting with me, and we're chatting with the beautiful and wise Jermaine Mowry. Jermaine is a homeschooling mama of five who, with her husband Monty, have been serving in remote parts of Asia for nearly two decades. That's where they've given birth to all five of their kids, where they've learned different languages and have done life with people who look very different from them. And together as a family, they continue pressing into their mission to know God and to make Him known. In this episode, Jermaine is giving us a peek into her world and sharing what home and hospitality looks like in a foreign land. God has used such things and places and people to not only reach others, but also to ignite a deeper passion and trust in her own heart. And I promise you will be encouraged as well. So you might notice as we chat, we don't share a ton of specific details about their location or the people they've worked with. And as you can imagine, that is intentional. We forget that not everyone's been given the same freedoms that we often take for granted. So we are grateful for their family's willingness to go, for God's faithfulness along the way, and the stories that they get to share with us. As a side note, just a quick behind the scenes fact, purely for your own entertainment, my husband and I had a little miscommunication about the fact that I was recording a podcast episode at home on the very same day and at the very same time, we were apparently scheduled to get a new roof and Jermaine was about to leave the country again, so there was no time to reschedule. So he got to ask them to take an early lunch break so that you could be hearing this episode right now without lots of banging and hammering in the background. You're welcome. So that's kind of funny, but that's some real life that goes into these recordings. So wherever you are, whatever you're facing, grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Kat, you're back. I'm back. You're back. You were on episode number two back in the beginning. Seems so long ago. When we didn't know what we were doing. Well, that might still be true. <laughs> so episode number two, we talked about trusting God with our kids. Mm -hmm. We talked about Bo's open heart surgery mm -hmm. and also about playing in the dirt. And that has grown. It's now so you have crazy. a full-blown business. God took our little baby garden and yeah, actually turned it into a whole thing. It's pretty fun. I get to hang out with a bunch of stay-at-home moms and help people be healthier. Who would have thought that is what I will be doing with my time? I love it. But 
So if you didn't hear episode number two, you should go back, listen to that. And today she's here co-hosting with me. Yes. And I'm so excited because my friend Jermaine is here and her story is inspiring and funny. And I'm so glad we get to hear from you. So tell us a little bit about your family. Thanks, Kat and Jen. I'm so happy to be here with you guys and just happy that we have this time to chat together. Um, So my name's Jermaine and I'm married to a wonderful guy, Monty. We've been married 20 years this year. Mm, Good job. So exciting. (laughs) And he's just my best friend and I love him to death and Mm. I'm so thankful for him. And we have five amazing children. They range in age from eight to almost 16. And I homeschool the five kids. Our oldest two are girls and our youngest three are boys. And so I feel like I have my hands full with so many different levels, teaching phonics and AP biology at the same time. Oh, oh. (laughs) yeah, that's not fair. I just threw up in the mouth a little bit. (laughs) So I feel like it keeps me on my toes and keeps me humble. And Um, Our family, we've served overseas for the past 18 years, and all five of my kids have been born in Asia, and I'm thankful that God's given us this opportunity to serve Him in a foreign place and just live a life intentionally for Him. Mm. Okay, we have so much to cover, but first, I feel like we should confess that we all have something in common, and that is that when our husbands each individually told us that they loved us, (laughs) our responses were all bad. (laughs) So no one I, said it back. I said, thank you. <laughs> Jermaine, you said, okay. Is I said, right? okay. When my husband said, I love you. Well, we weren't married, of course. Right. But when he said, I love you, I just looked at him and said, okay. <laughs> and then Kat broke up with her. I started sweating and tried to back out of his truck. Yeah. <laughs> Not what you want. And you broke up with him, right? I think possibly, yeah. <laughs> There's the messy stuff there. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It worked out. We all married the person we, we were did. supposed to marry. We did. And now we say no, out loud that we, we love them. Probably so. every day. <laughs> every day. <Yeah. laughs> We've improved. Definitely. There's more love now. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so 18 years overseas. Yes. That's a big deal. It is. We went. We were young. We took a backpack each full of not much of anything. Wow. And it's amazing how much we've accumulated and that's truly our home overseas. Mm. And so it's just been a journey of trusting God and following him and watching him open amazing doors of opportunity Mm. and also closing doors and waiting on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so just to clarify, you are here right now on a little break and then you're going back overseas. That's correct. We've been back in the States for about six months and it's a fantastic time. We Our oldest daughter will be going to college before we come back to the States again. And so this has just been a time to help her understand more about life in America and Mm -hmm. how to plug in when she's back here. So she wants to go to college here. She, we tell her she should. (laughs) (laughs) She's asked to be homeschooled for college. So I don't know that that's something I'm able to do (laughs) online, I guess. I don't know. So when you come here, this really is vacation and there back in Asia really is home to you. And so I know we were talking about this, but what are some of the differences when you come home that you're like, oh, wow. And when I say home, when you go, when you come to America, right. when you come to the U.S., what is so crazy different? Like, I know you mentioned something about going to Target and you were there for hours because there were so many options that you didn't know what to, to be fair, choose. That might happen to the rest well, of us <laughs> Target true. has got our number. Target sucks you in. They do. But I think one thing for me is this is home. I grew up 
in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And so I come back and I know how to fit into the culture and I can get my Oklahoma accent on when I need to. (laughs) And it's really more your kids. It's my kids like this throws them for a loop and I have to prep them before little things like going to Target or how to check out at the grocery store. They get really nervous. They're like, I know how to do this Mm. in Asia. I know how to function, but I have to walk them through simple scenarios here. Mm -hmm. And so it's been good to have an extended time, but we do, I feel like we do keep it in vacation mode Mm -hmm. and, and they know that this is just a short season Mm -hmm. and that our home is overseas. But one thing that happened our first time back from Asia, we'd been in Asia almost four years and we came back and went to Target. And I think we were there at least nine hours. (laughs) We just, we went to a super Target and those didn't exist when we went overseas and then to come back and to one we were so overwhelmed because angels singing <laughs> we're used to going in and having one choice mm-hmm. you know if you want mm-hmm. bread and if they actually have bread you have one choice and so to have you know 500 choices wow. we just mm-hmm. couldn't decide and so we just kind of so panicked things down yeah we shut down and couldn't make decisions <laughs> it was awful <laughs> So That's I've learned, a real thing. I've learned to make a list and stick to my list yeah. and not deviate because it it's overwhelming. So when you go to the market, what's that like? Like, do you go in? Is there different places where you get your produce and your vegetables? Is there another place where you get your meat or is it all in one location? It's on a rotation every five days. It's at a location near us. And so you have to I have to keep it on my calendar mm-hmm. so I know when market day is. And they have all the fresh meat and vegetables like they have just you know a pig slaughtered on the table there and you pick out which parts you want wow and so it's something I've learned to not wear flip-flops to the market because (laughs) you walk through blood you know it like gets on the back of your legs that's kind of nasty to realize you're walking (laughs) around you know all day if we came to your market you would have to prep us to wear the appropriate clothes and to not freak out at the side of a whole dead pig yeah right yeah And you also had a garden, a huge garden and a farm. Yes, we did. And that's something that God totally did. It's nothing that I had on my agenda. I grew up in a small town, but I always had this desire to get away, be in a big city. And even being in Asia, I feel like I love cities like Hong Kong. That's where I like to go for vacation because that's really fun for me. Mm -hmm. And God knew what I needed for that season. Mm -hmm. And so... We've lived in pretty isolated locations the last 18 years, and it's really been good for me because it's made me focus on my family and be more intentional at home. I feel like I'm the type that can overcommit and want to be involved in everything going on. And so it's been good because there's not a lot going on. We have people that we've lived with and a couple of values we had. Um, early in our ministry was just doing ministry in the language of the people. And so really digging deep into language and also doing life with people and living life on life with people. And so to do that, that gets messy really fast, especially when you're dealing with first generation Christians, because they're not coming out of a background where they know that stealing is wrong, or they have no concept that it's wrong to beat your wife if she's smarted off to you, things like that. And so with new believers. I mean, we're just walking through all the basic things and you can't judge them for messing up. I mean, we're all saved by God's grace. And so and you have to learn that somewhere. Yeah. yeah, And so to be able to slow down and, um, and just live life with people and let them see my husband and I's relationship and let them see how I treat my kids and how I discipline them whenever they 
you know, whenever they do get out of line. And they have to see that in your home. Right. So they have to be in your home. Right. So, so that's something we've been really intentional about. Um, for several years, we ran three-month discipleship trainings, and we would bring in about 15 students at a time and teach them over 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I feel like my role was just with my family, like most of all, keep my kids out of the classroom because the classroom was right next to our house. And so they like to run over and see what daddy's doing. Oh, yeah. Right. So, you know, keeping them kind of keeping them back, but also being there whenever breaks would happen to interact with the students and serve tea and mm-hmm. chat. And anyway, one thing that God just overwhelmed me with was for one thing, me just being a stay at home mom, feeling like, gosh, did we really have to come all the way to Asia for me to stay mm-hmm. at home and change diapers and cook from scratch because there's no other option mm-hmm. and all of those tasks? You know, sometimes I would think I could do this in America and it would be a lot easier. And we would run those trainings. And at the end of the trainings, we would ask for comments from the students, like what changed their life the most, like mm-hmm. which teaching was most helpful. And it overwhelmed me to hear the response that just seeing me loving my husband, mm. loving my kids, and just mm. being there to serve them. Makes like, it hard to question, doesn't it? It really, mm. it really, it was just That's the big. affirmation that I needed mm. from the Lord to know that I was you're choosing right, the path. Yeah, that he had for me for that season. Mm. And so whenever I would question it and feel like I should be doing more, I should be doing something that makes a bigger difference on the mm. world. And so I feel like he's given me a lot of contentment in my home and just raising my kids and being intentional with hospitality. Because one thing, when you have young children, it's hard to drag them out and be intentional about visiting people and things with nap times and nursing a baby and things like that. And so I found it's a lot easier to bring people into my home Mm -hmm. and keep things on my schedule and on my turf, you know? So in my home, we don't have the TV blaring in the background, you know, so we can actually have a conversation and mm-hmm. um and so that's something that wasn't easy for me yeah in the beginning you that you were uncomfortable actually inviting people into your home right course. completely I mean actually in a foreign land I couldn't cook at all when we moved overseas and I I mean I'm one of those people that I cook because I want to eat you know <laughs> I don't cook because I love to cook amen and so it was actually whenever I was pregnant with our oldest child that I learned to cook just because I was craving food that wasn't available Mm -hmm. in Asia. There's nowhere we could find chicken fajitas. And Mm. I wanted chicken fajitas. (laughs) How do they live? I know. (laughs) That's become my comfort food. (laughs) Really? That's funny. And um, so just learning to cook and then learning how to have people in my home and host them appropriately, like Mm. realizing what I feel like is a great evening isn't for maybe you know, a national person. And so just being able to tweak what I do, but just learning how to be intentional and just doing life with people. And one thing that is amazing in Asia is you can hire a house helper and it really doesn't cost that much money. Mm-hmm. And so is that pretty common. It's really common. And what yeah. does a house helper do? I mean, they'll do whatever Everything. you teach them to do. And so mine always learned to make chicken fajitas within their first <laughs> week and chocolate chip cookies. That's number one. <laughs> so those are things that just, you know, when you have a bad day, it's nice to Everybody come home to that. Comfort stuff. But then it's it so nice. I think here we do so much on our own, in our own house. Yeah. And sometimes I wish we had more of a village mentality. Right. And I find the accountability of having someone else in my home. Because there's so many days my house helper would ask me, oh, are you not doing school today? <laughs> because <Busted>. maybe <laughs> I was 
maybe yeah. I got dressed, but whatever I was wearing didn't look too far from my pajamas. <laughs> and so, <laughs> right. So, you know, it just, it, I feel like it made me more intentional about, okay, mm-hmm. I've got to be doing what I say I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And one thing where we lived, no one had a concept of homeschool. And so they, they would always question me, like, what are you really doing? Is it real? <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so being able to show them, this is what I do. And this is what mm-hmm. we've chosen to do. For one thing, it gives us flexibility. We can mm-hmm. live wherever God calls us to. Yeah. We're not bound by where there's an international school. Mm-hmm. And it gives us flexibility with our mm-hmm. schedule, too. We can travel if Monty maybe has an opportunity and we can travel with him. Then we're able to go. and. Yeah put the books away for the week. Mm -hmm. When you've taught a lot of them how to homeschool, haven't you? That's right. Turned it into an empire. (laughs) It's a one-room schoolhouse, and I always train my oldest to tutor the younger sibling, the one right below them, and so on. So, yeah, I feel like I I have a good thing going. That's why I can be here today, and my kids Mm -hmm. are still doing school. And hopefully I'll get home and something will be accomplished. Did you feel called to homeschool before or was it more just like, okay, this is what's going to work best for our lifestyle and so I'll homeschool? I actually didn't feel called to homeschool. In college, I remember giving a speech about why you should not homeschool. (laughs) And (laughs) I was pretty passionate about (laughs) public education and what a great thing it was. Um, And so it's something that just living in Asia and having children and I feel like entirely different options. Yeah. Right. I feel like God just opened my eyes. I mean, once my first child was born, it was I mean, I took it seriously. I mean, I feel like I even started taking my theology more seriously. Like, what do I really believe about this? Because whatever I believe is what I'm going to be teaching. Right. Right. So I feel like it was really convicting (laughs) and. Just the doors that got opened, we were really praying about where we should live. Um, there was a time we had lived in one country and were transitioning to another country. And my oldest was four. I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn. And we were praying about two different options. And one of the cities had an airport and good food and like a homeschool co-op. And that was kind of morphing into an international school. And that seemed like an incredible option. And the other option had a tribal group that we'd been studying the language and had a desire to target. And that was about it. And my husband took a trip to pray about which place we should move to. But I was already set on the the airport location with Mm -hmm. the homeschool co-op. But even on that trip, God brought a person to him that, that said, hey, I've been waiting for you. And he said, what do you mean? And it was a national person. Mm -hmm. He said, God showed me in a dream, a white man coming to my house, speaking my tribal language. Mm -hmm. And he told me to work with this person. And so it was incredible when Monty came home telling me that story. I was like, much argument. There's no doubt. We have to move to (laughs) that location. (laughs) But I knew it was going to be isolated. I knew we would be the only English speaking family. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was definitely going to be a more difficult road to travel, mm-hmm. but I feel like God's given me the grace mm-hmm. through each season. Um, some things that have been hard, I feel like I sometimes turn to Monty and make him be my best girlfriend and my husband mm-hmm. and my pastor and <laughs> my secretary, you yeah. know, whenever I can't get the computer to work or whatever, mm-hmm. my IT support. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I do that one. And so <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on him to be so many roles. And over the years, God has shown me that you know, God is sufficient yes, and yeah. he can fulfill those needs and to, you know, love no my husband. Can. Yeah, right. No man can. Yeah. And just love my husband and yeah. give him grace and 
mm-hmm. you know, be the wife that God's called me to be mm-hmm. and not expect everything out of him. I'll yeah, right that there. will be. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I also think just the point that you were making of the idea that you had in your head about whether it was homeschooling, I'm not going to homeschool or I'm not, I don't want to go to this remote isolated area. I think we all have areas in our life where we say, well, I'm not going to do that. And then sometimes God shows us a different way. And for some people, it might not be being a missionary, but it might be stepping into something in their own city. You know, for me, I was hesitant about staying at home as well. And I don't want anyone to think that that we think that that's the best way or the only way. But for me, I love my job and I love working. I was serving a ministry at that time. But more than that, I wanted to be with my child all the time. And then I have friends who have been called to a very specific thing in the workplace. And that is awesome too. And so I think we all have to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not saying, I'm not going to do this, but God, what are you calling me to specifically? That's right, Jen. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing we have to be aware of is that it can change. You know, Mm -hmm. we have different seasons of our life and I mean, it could change in three months, you know, or it could change in five years. And so we have to just, I feel like one thing God's shown me is just to keep my hands open before him and ask him, what do you want for my family? What do you want for my kids' education? Because, I mean, I'm telling you, having kids in high school is a whole different thing, another beast to try to tame, you know, Mm -hmm. and feel like feeling like I'm inadequate in homeschooling these years. And they need more interaction with peers and they need you know, they need that positive peer pressure. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I keep taking it before the Lord asking, is this what you want me to do for the next six months? And mm-hmm. just looking to him and not saying this is a way it has to be for I think you're ever. right. I think you got to keep asking because if we just say, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do with my kids and this is how we're going to do it. And then just make a sweeping declaration. You're always going to be wrong. You know, two years from now, that's not mm-hmm. the season you're in anymore. If you're not paying attention to what he asked you to do, you're going to miss it. I'm going to say, I'm going to only put my kids in public schools and then when something goes horribly wrong no we stick to it well that would be the wrong choice that would not be paying attention to what my kid needs right and so I think just keeping our hands open and asking God like it's all his and what does he want to do with it it's a freeing reminder honestly like even as you say it I'm like that's right I can change my mind we don't have to make the decision permanently (laughs) yes yes everything's temporary staying open to what he wants to do so Okay, switching gears a little bit, I want to know more about doing ministry with kids, especially five kids. I don't even know how you keep five kids alive, but I feel like especially in a a foreign country, right? Yeah, well, (laughs) walking over pigs in the market. Tell us about it. Tell us how you do that and do it so well. I feel like one thing that God had to teach me was the importance of training my kids and teaching them to obey and obey quickly. And so, I mean, that started when they were little at home. You know, teaching them if I say come here, sit down with me. You know them being quick to obey so that then whenever we are in public and we have an opportunity to share the gospel, that they're willing to wait and stand there and just hold my hand and be content to wait. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a lot of it happened in the home, just training my kids, but keeping it joyful. And I try to make training times fun and rewarding and lots of Skittles (laughs) and things that just keep kids going and excited. (laughs) And doing ministry... One thing that I was challenged with early in my years on the mission field was, you know, if I lead 100 people to faith, but my kids aren't walking with God, then I've completely failed. And I feel like that God has always kept that at the the front of my mind and thinking, what am I doing today to lead my Mm -hmm. kids to the cross and lead them to know Christ Mm -hmm. better and love him more? And so I've tried to include them on any opportunity I have. Mm -hmm. 
doing ministry. I don't see it as like, I'm leaving now to go do ministry, but hey guys, we're in this together. And one thing we told our kids that as long as you're in our home, God has called you to this tribal group and God has given you a responsibility to share his love Mm -hmm. as a family. But then we have to remember not all of my kids are saved yet. And so I can't expect my kids that haven't Mm -hmm. made a decision to follow Mm -hmm. Christ to be a light into the darkness. I mean, they still got things they need to work out. Um, But the kids I have, my three older kids have made a decision to follow Christ and have been baptized and praise God that I've got three down, two to go. And I got to say, kudos. You have two oldest <laughs> girls could run a country right now and do it well. Everybody would obey. They've watched my kids before. The house was cleaner. The kids were clean and in bed. Like, it was it's impressive. Mm-hmm. You're and, doing a good job. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Cash. <laughs> You're too kind. But um, so I see it as something I do with them, and I let them see when I mess up mm-hmm. and let them, you know, they laugh at me, and they were like, did you realize you said the wrong word? And I was like, no, what should I have said? And they're always helping me. And I'm learning from them as we Mm -hmm. do life together. And so just being vulnerable before my kids Mm -hmm. and also seeing what they're gifted in, because one of mine, she's terrorized if she has to be in front of people and speak, but she would love to make coffees or love to Mm -hmm. make a dessert to serve or behind the scenes. Yes. And so being able to empower her, like you can do this and this is ministry. And then I have another one that she wants to be in the center and explain every game. Mm -hmm. And that's been amazing because I tell her you have to do it in the local language. And so to see her language Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. go off the charts as she's learned to explain things and interact with people in a way that that is glorifying to God. And it's also energizing to her. And so being able to see my kids really thrive in ministry and help them plug in. And now I depend on them so much. I'm getting a little nervous thinking that they won't (laughs) always be with me one day. (laughs) Yes. Because I feel like I've, I've raised up. Yeah. Like this little army that are even better in doing ministry with people mm-hmm. than I am. They don't have, I guess they just don't have baggage and things that they're carrying around. That's all they've ever known too. Right. Right? Like we mm-hmm. weren't raised in a home quite like that for sure. And the fact that they started out that way and that's all that they've ever known. I mean, right. what have you learned from their perspective being in not America? I mean, I feel like their life is so much simpler than mine mm-hmm. was and they yeah. don't. With all the distractions. Right. And I remember being so insecure and being afraid to say things thinking, oh, I'll sound stupid or I'll look stupid, you know, just always worrying about how, how I came across. I think my eyes were just on myself and I see in my kids that their eyes are not on their self. And mm-hmm. even whenever I ask them questions, like, what would you want to change about yourself? They're like, nothing. I mean, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just Bam, you did it. confident in how God's created them That's and good. confident in serving him. And that's something that took me years, you know, and I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. still working on. Yeah, for sure. So what have been some challenges that you've faced overseas that have been pretty difficult? I feel like there have been a lot of challenges. Um, One thing going back to kids is my oldest child is exactly like her father. So if you're familiar with the (laughs) Myers-Briggs, she's an INTJ Mm -hmm. and I'm an E. SFP. And Mm -hmm. so we are complete opposites. (laughs) And our dad and I are complete opposites. And that's one thing I love about him, Mm -hmm. but I would never choose to homeschool him. (laughs) And so sometimes I feel like whenever I'm sitting down to work out something with her that, you know, we're butting heads and it's challenging. And 
you know, there are times you just want to give up and you don't have, I don't know, you don't have your best friend there cheering you on. And so it's so amazing what you guys have, you know, living in community with each other. Mm. And thankfully, we've been able to raise up a national team that that do cheer us on. And I praise God for that. And so I think challenges just in doing the day-to-day things that God has called me to with a joyful heart and not letting um, roots of bitterness um, entangle themselves into my heart, you know, being able to really let go of things. And something we were challenged with early on is to never leave a situation until we could leave it blessing the person Mm -hmm. and not just run from a situation. And one thing in life overseas, you have to realize that you're like a baby in this culture. You show up and you can't speak the language. You don't know what anyone's saying. You don't know why they're doing what they're doing. You know, you don't understand the rules. Because there's weird cultural things. Everything is different. And Mm -hmm. even the money, you know, you're doing math in your head to try to figure out how much I'm actually paying for this. Gosh. And so math and English is hard for me. So math and yeah, I thought we couldn't buy anything. <laughs> or you just, just my, go my husband teases me that I just think it's monopoly money and spend it, it a little too freely. And some of it kind of looks like monopoly it's money. It's fair. It's really colorful. <laughs> this is purple. What is this? So um, I think just realizing that you know it makes any sin issue you have so much bigger and come mm-hmm. to the surface. It's right there, ready to jump out because. All of your defenses are down. And also, I think, you know, one thing that a lot of people don't realize is the number one reason that missionaries leave the field is because of conflict within their team. It's not because of language learning or it's not because of cultural Hmm. stress, but it's because they couldn't get along with the other missionaries that they're called to work together with to reach a people group. Hmm. And so... And you're assigned who you're assigned. Right? Yeah. Like you oh, yeah. It's lottery. It is. Okay. <laughs> Russian roulette. It is. <laughs> That's a positive spin on it. But it's, you know, it's also something that you just have to realize that the battle is not against flesh and blood, right. but it's about the spiritual right. side and the principalities. Yeah. And Satan would love to divide. That's right. right. He definitely would. And so I feel like whenever we're in a new culture and we're feeling vulnerable, our tendency is to compare to someone else that is similar to us and say, well, at least I don't do things like they do, Mm. or at least that's universal right there. Right. Or at least, you know, I'm having people in my house more often than they are Mm. or something, you know, we can always take something that God's given us to use for his glory Mm -hmm. and And twist it. Yes. And twist it and make it for our own ruin. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's a huge struggle in life overseas and just being able to stop and look at the other, the brothers and sisters maybe get that God's given you to work with. And if we don't have foreigners around, I do it with the nationals. You know, there's always someone I could just, you just start picking on. That's true everywhere. And yeah. see, you know, just little things that start to annoy you and then become bigger issues. And so I've just learned to stop and pray for them and really commit to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And and God always uses that to change my heart. You know, I think I'll need Matthew 18 and go and take the problem to them. But after I really pray for them, then it's hard to be mad when you pray. About there's somebody. not a problem. Yeah. Often it's yeah. me. It's right. yeah, it's Obviously. my own sin yeah. issue and my own pride and selfishness that was clouding my judgment. And so learning to not run away from a situation, but to stay and not leave a team situation until we can leave blessing. Um, it's been hard because we've had to stick out. I mean, we had one time a supervisor had lied about us 
just to save his own skin. And that, I mean, that was so hurtful Mm -hmm. to have someone you really respect and, you know, almost idolize to lie about you. And, you know, it's a lie and other people know it's a lie. And so, um, but just realizing, okay, God, I'm, I'm serving you. I'm not serving this man that you put in authority, but then praying about that situation. My husband came to me and said, we can't leave this team. Like we still have things to learn from him. Mm. And I'm like, but he did this and this, you know, and he said, right, we're all sinners. We're all making mistakes, but there's still things that God can teach us through the supervisor. That's so good. And so being able to hard to argue with. Yes, it's hard to argue with it is. I, I just have to say, okay, praise God that he's given my husband wisdom and praise God that I'm called to submit because I'm, I'm scared to think about what kind of decisions I would make without. Uh, that's true of everybody. Yeah. I without, would be homeless without my husband. Yes. Sure. Without a strong man speaking into my life. And so I praise God for opposite, that. Don't you? You need someone who doesn't think like you. Right. But for the single ladies, I mean, that's something I feel like it would be so much more difficult as a single woman serving overseas. Um, And that's something I just have a burden to pray for my Mm -hmm. single friends and pray that God fills them with the wisdom that they need. Yeah. So much of what you're talking about, though, is universal. But yet, like you're saying, we still need each other despite Mm -hmm. our imperfections and despite our sin. And I think that's one thing that's a common misconception is that it's easy to write people off and think this isn't going how I want or this isn't going great. And so now I'm just going to scratch the whole thing whenever really like God wants us to work through those indifferences a lot of the time and learn from them and then keep going and power through together. And I think so often we see Christians who are doing things unified and together and praise God for that. And that's great. But behind the scenes, most of the time, there are so many things that they have worked through it's true. in yeah. order to. And probably here unity. we get away with doing a lot more running from it because our pool is bigger. So I can decide that I'm not going to hang out with you anymore because this didn't go well and then just turn and find somebody else. Your options are totally different. Right. There's <laughs> these three people who speak English and this is, <laughs> this is what I've got. You probably are are forced to confront that, which is a lot healthier than, you know, like you said, running from it. And those, I feel like, are the gems that God has just given me Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have if I had run from it. And even this next season, God's taking Monty and I into a season of leadership where we'll be supervising more people on the field. And I feel like the thing that we have to offer is to tell them all the mistakes that we made Mm -hmm. and how not to repeat those mistakes, Mm -hmm. but, you know, to share with them the things we've learned. Mm -hmm. Even this last week, we were looking at decisions we had made and saying, okay, what can we learn from that? Because this obviously wasn't the right decision. And, you know, sometimes we don't know what God's will is. Um, I was asking one of my mentors, I was like, how do I know if we're making the right decision? And because I feel like both, you know, you have two roads and both are going to glorify God and you're just not sure which one to take. And he said, you know what? You just pick one and you go down it and you go hard. And six months later, you look back and you see if it was the right decision or not. And if it wasn't, you have things you've learned that you can pass on. And if it was the right decision, praise God, you know, and keep going full speed ahead. And if you're stepping out in faith, we know without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if we're stepping out in faith and saying, God, I don't, I don't totally know the right answer, but I'm just going to trust that you go before me, you walk beside me and you guard the way after me. And so I'm just going to trust you. And I would love for you to kind of dive in a little bit, if you can, to your latest adventure. So where you were living um, while you were here on furlough, things totally 
changed and now you are not able to go back there and you are going somewhere new. Can you give us an update? Right. Um, yeah. So we left to come back to the States and I told my kids pack as little as possible because we like to keep our suitcases empty to bring back goodies from America. And so I said, don't bring hardly anything back. And we get to America and within just maybe six weeks of being here, we found out um, there was a huge interrogation. Um, The police were looking for my husband and they raided the business we had started and um, were waiting for us to get back, basically to arrest him and interrogate him. And then we would be kicked out. And so all of this has happened since we've been in the U.S., and just hearing from our nationals what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's been so hard to process. But then I see God's hand in removing us from yeah. this situation. And thankfully keeping our kids from a traumatic situation like that. And having us here where we are among an amazing community of people like you ladies and others that can just love on us and speak truth into this situation Mm -hmm. and encourage our kids. And so I praise God for that. But in all of this, we've just been asking God um, what's next and new season. Yeah. I mean, we just, we laid everything out on the table and said, okay, God, do you want us to stay in America? What do you want us to do? We're willing to follow you wherever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's even hard asking those questions because I feel like there are things that I know I'm tied to because they're easy and they're convenient. And even going back home where we've been serving, we've lived in the same house the last 12 years. Mm -hmm. And so for most of my kids, it's the only home that they've ever known. And so going back, you know, it's almost easy because I know how things work there. And and so we'll be going to an entirely new place. It's somewhere Monty and I lived years ago. So thankfully, a new country, but thankfully we do speak of little bit of the language hopefully it'll come back to us mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean we'll get off the plane when we arrive and just trusting God um mm-hmm. taking steps by faith in him providing a house providing a meaningful ministry I mean we still don't know what this next season will look like and so I feel like for my husband it's definitely more of an identity crisis that he's walking through than it is for me for me, I mean, I'm still homeschooling, stay-at-home mom, and so that takes up the majority of my day. Mm-hmm. But um, his role is totally shifting. Yeah, it's like a different career. For right, him, right? right. For him, it's yeah. totally he's be different. doing a lot of training and different things, right? Yeah, so he's will be in a completely different position, and and even in that, it, it seems overwhelming and something that, you know, we're not qualified for mm-hmm. and something that is completely beyond anything we could do. And so just trusting God with each step and helping, I guess, just keeping the joy so that our kids see us trusting God and um, the joy in the unknown journey. Mm-hmm. And so that they can find that. It can be more of an adventure than a... Right. And so when all of this happened, twist. I asked the kids, I said, how about we stay in America through Christmas? Because, you know, we we have some family here and good friends and it'll just be an awesome holiday time. And they'd really wanted to be back at our home for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And that's why we had planned to leave um, mid-December. But now that we're not going back to our home, you know, I said, how about we just stay here? And, you know, for our kids, they were like, why would we stay here? Mm -hmm. 
And and I that don't was feel the same way about it. They you don't. Do. <laughs> and that was their biggest fear was that we would actually stay in America. And <laughs> what did they fear about it most? They they've asked me. They were like, if we stayed in America, would you put us in school? <laughs> and so they have this fear of school, like going to public so school. Funny. It yeah. is crazy different than their world. I it, can understand it is. That. And so even the unknown. We've talked about where we'll be moving to in Asia. You know, I said there is an international school. I don't know much about it. It's small. And their, their first um, hesitation was like, wait, you're not going to send us to school, are you? <gasps> Worst case scenario. So maybe they don't, <laughs> don't hate America. It's just school. It's maybe it's school. <laughs> right. I don't know. So they maybe have, they like you. It's a vote of confidence. That, that's true. Yes. <laughs> I'm thankful they like me as their teacher. I did send one of my kids to school for one day. But it was just with a friend one day. so they, they could see it? what it was like. Yeah, she hated it. Oh. I just wanted her to kind of, I wanted her to appreciate homeschooling more, yeah. but it kind of, yeah, it went beyond just my expectations. So. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. So you guys are really stepping out in faith and trusting God in this new season. And I know so many people listening right now, they have mm-hmm. their own mountain, their own giant that they're trusting God with things that are just really hard, really difficult. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a move like what you're talking about. And so what what would you tell them? Because a lot of people, I think, say or think, I want to trust God. Like, God, mm-hmm. I really want mm-hmm. to trust you. But I'm overcome with fear. And I'm overcome with just worry about these unknown circumstances. And and am I making the right decision? Am mm-hmm. I in your will? And I know you kind of touched on that a little bit. But what would you say to them, someone who, who wants to trust God but is struggling? Right. I mean, one thing is just fear is not from God. And sometimes I just make a list of my fears that I'm the things I'm hearing in my head over a situation, over the unknown. And then I just put scripture beside them that contradict the fears and just standing on God's truth and just knowing that that's the only thing we can stand on and having an eternal perspective. You know, I feel like I have to stop all the time and step back. And even with my husband, you know, just imagining us as two old people holding hands, walking down the road, you know, whatever maybe I'm upset at him about for the moment is nothing in the, you know, eternal perspective. Yes. And so being able to just let it go and just receive God's grace and have God's grace over the situations that we can't control. Um, I think one thing for me, I, I can tend to be controlling, you know, I want, I want to be able to know what's going to happen and to make sure the outcome is the best possible scenario that I can think of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's God telling me that that's not trusting him and just to put it in his hands and whatever he gives me, you know, to take it and receive it with faith mm-hmm. and do what he's called me to do with it. But to right, just yeah, be wise, right. Be wise, but just to really stop and just trust him with all the anxieties with the, you know, you wake up in the night and things start racing through your head. You know, that's just whenever I pull out my Bible and start reading Psalms and just praying them to God. Um, because I have to have more truth. Um, I feel like we, we can hear a lot of lies, and especially when we're trying to walk by faith, there's a lot of lies um, because Satan wants to thwart that. He wants us to miss God's best, and he wants us to miss um, the the paths that God are God's leading us to. And so, and often it's half truths that he throws at us, right? right? So we're like, well, that's kind. Of, it sounds good. But if we're not in our word, if we don't actually, if we're not combating that, then we won't realize what's the actual truth and what's the not total truth, you know? Right, definitely. And so we have to just stay grounded in the word and just memorizing scripture and just praying them over and over to God. Mm. I feel like that that helps me whenever I'm struggling with having faith and walking by faith and choosing joy. 
I find a lot of days I don't wake up with joy and just saying, okay, God, I'm choosing to be joyful today. Like you're going to have to do something to, you know, I can't do this on my own Mm -hmm. and asking him to help me to choose to have joy and then to be able to have joy with my kids. And then I find that whenever I'm joyful, I mean, it just overflows into Mm -hmm. them. They're excited. Yeah. yeah, And they're so excited about the upcoming transition we're walking into. I love that. I keep trying to tell them. That's pretty impressive in and of itself. Right. Like it's going to look totally different and, you know, our house will be smaller or, you know, how things will be different. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hot. There's going to be ants and everything. And, (laughs) and, you know, and, but they're so excited. Yeah. Mm. Well, Kat, I know you deal a lot with seeds, but just Mm. thinking how Jesus said, you know, we just need to have faith as small as a mustard seed. Like that Mm. doesn't seem like much. Like if you look at a seed, I mean, it's not the full plant. You don't see the beauty of it. All you see is this little hard, boring seed, you know? Right. And so I think about even just knowing like as we are planting, as we're digging up dirt and planting these seeds, like God is faithful. Not Mm -hmm. that it might not turn Mm -hmm. out exactly how we think, but it might be even better. I think it's interesting. The longer, at least for me, the longer that I'm a Christ follower, the more adaptable you end up being. Because like, like we've said this whole time, you aren't just going to lay out your life and it go that way. That's even if you try to make all these decisions based on scripture, based on what you believe is moral and right, 10 years from now, that's not what your life's probably going to look like. I mean, think um, just the three of us sitting here is kind of funny. If you had Mm -hmm. told 19 year old self what you were doing today, Mm -hmm. you'd have thought it was funny because it's not really our idea. It's not really up to us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, being adaptable and being uh, paying attention, being willing to take those. I think you guys have been brave and I'm impressed that you do it with such a good heart because you could do it begrudgingly and you're not. You're doing it with (laughs) with a positive attitude and you're just ready to take on what's in front of him. And I I think that's amazing. We could all learn from that. Yeah. So what is your heartbeat as you and Monty talk behind the scenes, you know, you're at home. What is your heartbeat of why you do what you do? I feel like it's just to know God and make him known. I mean, it just goes back to what he put on our hearts, Mm -hmm. you know, when we chose to follow him and chose to be obedient. And one thing that God has convicted me of each day, I wake up and I just pray. I say, God, what can I do today to hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And just keeping it in perspective, like, and thinking of the, you know, the farm analogy with farmer cat here (laughs) with us, (laughs) but thinking, you know, we do our part, you know, we, plant the seed, we water it, you know, we pull the weeds, we do what we can, but it's God that makes it grow. And realizing that we have to, you know, asking him, what can I do today to plant seeds? But how can I trust you to see you make them grow Mm -hmm. and to have faith that you are going to make them grow even when maybe they're growing underground and we can't see it. And we, we sometimes don't believe that it's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And so I think just, yeah, just trusting God each day and asking him what what we can do to know him more and serve him more faithfully and being intentional i think just looking at the resources that god's given us and the time he's given us and asking how we can use it for his glory and i mean sometimes it means maybe picking up a widow neighbor and taking her to a child's school event or you know just something that you go a little bit out of your way but you can't even imagine the impact it might have on that person. Yes, and I would say about 95% of the time, those things that we're doing to just offer as a sacrifice to give God glory, I would say that those are behind the scenes. You know, I think often what we see of other people, you know, out in the world or on Instagram or whatever, 
most of their life is Barry, right? It's, right? it's behind the scenes, just like that. Well, and even just going with the plant metaphor, if you see fruit on a tree, the roots of that tree are twice as big as the trees. Yes. So if you think about mm-hmm. what you don't see is a lot more. A lot more. There's a lot of years of being in the word and paying attention to what God wants for your life before that stuff shows up. Yeah. And when it comes to hospitality, a verse that God gave me, actually a chapter was Romans 12. Mm -hmm. And as a family, we've been picking different chapters of Romans to memorize. And we heard a beautiful um, national family. They stood up and they said all of Romans 12, even the three-year-old. And I was so convicted about our family doing deeper scripture memory and so we started there three-year-old that's impressive yes you no excuses and the verses like god has just brought me back to again and again is romans 12 9 through 16 um just dealing with love and action and mostly in verse 13 like right before verse 13 in verse 12 it says be joyful in hope patient in affliction faithful in prayer share with the lord's people who are in need practice hospitality bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse. And it goes on. And I feel like those have just Mm -hmm. been scriptures that I've wanted to center our home and our table around. Um, One thing, if you ask my husband to describe his ministry, um, like his action plans, it would be a church on every mountain and leaders in every church. Mm -hmm. And for me, if you ask me to describe it, it would be a dining room table and people seated around the table um, hearing the gospel, because I feel like that as my role as a wife, that's how I found a fruitful ministry is just bringing people into our home. That has been your ministry. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I'm really thankful that, yeah, that God has, has blessed that and has opened a door there. And a verse that God has given me whenever I'm weary on the field, and I feel like the days can be long and hard. Um, he's taking me back to whenever, um, Jesus was anointed at Bethany in Matthew 26. And in verse 11, Jesus tells his disciples, they're rebuking the woman. They're saying she shouldn't have wasted the money pouring perfume on you. You know, we could have sold this and given it to the poor. And Jesus says, the poor you will always have with you, but what you will not always have me. And I feel like God has had to take me back to this verse because sometimes I can just want to go hard and I want to see fruit from what I've done. I want to see results Mm -hmm. and just being able to slow down and go back to Jesus and sit at his feet and say, okay, what do you want me to do today? You know, what do you have for me? Even if it's not significant, because I know the poor will always be there and there's always someone who needs something from us. There will always be a to-do list. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, we have to take the time with him and make that our top priority. So true. Yeah. So here we love sharing some of our favorite resources just so other people can know about them too. Do you have any books, podcasts, maybe homeschooling tools or Bible study tools that you love and could share? I do. I will tell you one thing that has been a huge blessing to us in our ministry is the YouVersion Bible app. I am so thankful for this. Mm -hmm. Even in countries where you can't get anything on the internet because it's blocked, the version still works. And yeah. everyone has a cell phone. Even if they're poor, right? Yes. They all have a cell phone and are able to charge it with a power bank. And mm. so Crazy even times. in the people group we work with, that's a million and a half, um, they have the tribal language on the Bible mm. app. And so before, you know, we were trying to print Bibles and get them to people. But I mean, that's expensive yeah. and raising funds. Yes. And-, and difficult in a place where you're not supposed to have a Bible. And so mm. to be able to show people on their phones how to use the Bible app. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. The doors Mm -hmm. it's open for ministry. 
And now that's what everyone uses. That's awesome. And so we've we've been so thankful for Mm -hmm. that. And we've used it in multiple languages. One thing, we've had to study three different languages over the years. Mm -hmm. And I'm not especially gifted with languages. Mm -hmm. And so that's been challenging for me. And I'm so thankful for resources out there. And even that specific tribal group has the language on the YouVersion Bible app, which surprised me almost. Because I'm like, really? (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. We're so thankful and grateful for resources like that and however you guys get around the firewalls and things to make them work and Mm. so I'm incredibly thankful for that I know it takes some level of tech support that I'm unaware of but again we're talking about open doors God has opened those doors so definitely and praise God for what he's doing with that that's Mm. awesome So some other resources um, that I love, one of my favorite books, this is an old book, but I feel like it gave me a good foundation. It's called Creative Family Times, Practical Activities for Building Character. And it just teaches you how to train like little kids to have room time, Mm. you know, teach them to- Amen for room time. We love room time. Just simple things like that, that I didn't know how to do. And having a book that walks me through step by step, you know, and recording something on your phone so your kids can listen to it when they're in room time and then they learn scripture Mm -hmm. and things like that. Just taking the time to do that. And that has been so I feel like that laid a great foundation for just training my kids um, to walk in obedience and has built some of the character that they have now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really thankful for that book. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite homeschooling books is called Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie. And she also has a great podcast called The Read Aloud Revival. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it deals a lot with just reading aloud to your kids. I've heard of it. Even if you don't homeschool, but just making books a part of your family culture. And that's been, especially in a day and age where it's so easy to just hand our kids an iPad and... Mm -hmm you know, tell them to be quiet for a few minutes, you know, just to get back to just reading books and talking about books that we've Mm -hmm. read. And I found it's opened so many doors for me to talk about maybe sin issues in my kids' hearts Mm -hmm. through a character in a book. Mm -hmm. You know, not that you would ever do this, but let's look at, you know, in this book, how this character was struggling with this issue. It's interesting. And it's, we've had some great conversations Mm -hmm. and I'm really thankful for just literature and how it's broadened our world, Um, especially living in an isolated place, you know, and our kids wonder what the rest of the world is like. I feel Mm -hmm. like they've been so blessed by books Mm -hmm. and reading good books. Now, do you guys have a pretty good stock of books? Because I can't imagine that there's tons of places to get English books. No, we carry, that's part of what we want to carry over in our empty suitcases. We just fill them with books. Um, And I've tried to go with my older kids more on Kindle, but they still, they prefer just to have a book in their hand. I like to flip the page and use a highlighter. Yes. Yeah. But we, we love books and love reading aloud. Um, I, fun podcast if you're interested in knowing more about expats people that live overseas and what their life is like it's called taking root podcast and root is spelled Mm r-o-u-t-e but it's kind of a play on word like being rooted where you are and um yeah and they have a lot of fun um conversations with people around the world in different cultures and how they adapt and how they live life intentionally Yeah, it's fun. It's like my evening washing dishes podcast I go to. You know, I feel like I have a group of ladies chatting with me while I'm, you know, cleaning up the kitchen at night. And so it's just fun. And, you know, something that whenever I feel isolated. um, It's not just just you. Yeah, it's not just me. And I realize that I'm not alone. 
some of my favorite sermon series are by Timothy Keller. Mm-hmm. And there's so many available online for free. Yeah. And I find one thing that can be so challenging overseas is just, you know, moving into a dark area where there's not a church. You know, you're there to plant churches and to lead people to faith. And so whenever you're the only Christians, you know, just the lies you can hear and just start feeling deceived. And so just really being grounded in truth and making sure that, you know, that I'm, my soul's getting the nourishment you that it needs. You work harder to be fed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you really do. And so yeah. to realize that I'm keeping that a priority. Mm-hmm. And so I've been so blessed by just sermons and things that are available online and just not being lazy, but mm-hmm. taking the time. Like I have a 30 minute drive. I'm going to listen to something, yeah. you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, you just want to rock out to music and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, but trying to be intentional about also supple- like getting, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, mm-hmm. And so I don't have as much time to sit and read, yeah. but right. you know, I need to, you know, exercise. And so I listen to audiobooks while I yes. exercise yes. and things. So I feel like I can continue learning and growing and take advantage of the resources that God's given us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this time in history with That's all this right. technology. Definitely. Yeah. I'm so thankful. It was so different when we first went overseas and I remember carrying over cassette tapes. Oh, and <laughs> that dates us a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. We understand. Oh. And then they warped from the heat, right, you know, right. and it was pointless. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, what would you say to someone as just a final encouragement? Just a word from Jermaine. Oh, I would, I would just encourage people to stick out the hard situations and to really press in when things are difficult because, you know, it's usually the enemy attacking and wanting to thwart whatever plans we have, whatever God's doing. And by sticking out the hard times, God is going to take you into such a better place and going to teach you so many more things than you ever imagined. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard. It's like those painful steps to get there. And, um, yeah, and just being grounded in his truth and just standing firm in his word and committing everything to prayer. I mean, I find I just have to pray all day while I'm doing everything Mm. to stop and just, you know, pray in my heart, whether it's over my kids or stop and audibly, you know, pray over them. It's just really committing everything to God and trusting him completely. That's the whole deal. So many good reminders. (laughs) So good. I wish we could keep going. Very thankful for your perspective. Thank you. It's been so fun to be here and chat with you ladies. And I thank you for doing what you're doing because I know running a podcast isn't easy and it takes a lot of time. And thank you for using your gifts and your resources to do this because it's a blessing to so many women. That's right. Well, you guys, we just want to say a sincere thank you for taking the time to join us. Remember, you can find the conversation notes and resources and join my email list at jenjewel.com. The Messy Table is also on Instagram, our social media of choice. So jump on there and feel free to tag some friends who might benefit from these conversations. Last but not least, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast for free in all the usual places like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And remember, as you go about your week, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.